and welcome to the Sound of History podcast. My name is Nick. My name is Mika. This is a podcast where I'm trying to teach Mika music history. And I'm trying to get all the cat hairs out of the mic. Yes. I feel like eventually I want to just like record an intro so we don't have to do that every time and I can just drop it in. But that's not today. So <laughs> we'll do that some other time. You have to do that when I'm like energetic. Yeah. That's true. Or just, you can put it on for like 10 seconds. I, I don't know that I can. <laughs> I really don't know that I can. Okay. Like, imagine you being like, trying to record something and I'm just like, my name is Nutballs. <laughs> you would lose That's what that. happens when you're not energetic? You would, l- yeah, when I don't care. Okay. You would you lose that. You never care about this though. I care about it in the way that I well, hold on. That was about to sound really bad. I almost said I care about it in the way that I care about you, but that makes it seem like I don't care about you, but it's the flip that I do care about this because I care very deeply about you. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Well, this is our first episode back in a while since like pre-Christmas. So really, do you have any Mika is the host now for us? No. Any big insights you want to share with the people? No, I don't. don't I really e- don't. Don't I, even want to do your segment? Uh-uh. Okay. I have nothing to say. I am so incredibly drained. I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> Just in general? Okay. Uh, Mika is the host now. There is... If I eat overnight oats like almost exclusively for breakfast at work, I have to eat it at 10.30 when I have bed meeting. Is the only time that I get to sit and eat nine times out of ten. And I didn't have time to make it. And you can buy them at the grocery store. And it's dairy free. They are like $3 plus a piece. Which is dumb because the ingredients for it. Like it's just if you buy the ingredients you can make it like 20 times. So it's like 25 cents a serving. That's cool. But. If you can't do it, that it's brekkie. It's brekkie overnight oats. That's what they're called. Oh, I thought that was like a. I don't know. I didn't know what I thought mm-hmm. brekkie was. Yeah, so I bought myself overnight oats and I bought myself smoothies. And I fed myself well, which is important. Cool. Good job, me. Good job, you. That's all. Right, Mika no longer the host now. If you want, you can put like candied walnut, like salad toppings in the overnight oats for a crunch. That was really delicious. <laughs> cool. Okay, so this episode, we're doing a bonus episode all about MTV and where it came from. Oh, that's fun. And what it did, because we talked about like New Wave and Blondie the last couple episodes, and that was very much enhanced by MTV. So figured we'd just talk about it. Are we going to talk about but pretty girls? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I like pretty girls. <laughs> but first, I think it's worth talking about one of the more viral things that happened in the music world over the past like couple weeks. Rolling. Weeks? I think so. Maybe it was last month. But I, I thought th- it just dropped. I, I, I didn't want to. I'm normally behind the times. So I assumed if I just heard about it like a couple days ago, then it dropped two weeks ago. That's what I assume. Your job is literally, like, online. Yeah, but not on Rolling Stone. Anyway, Rolling Stone released their list of the 200 greatest singers of all time. 200? Yes, 200 greatest singers. It is a lot. They've Who's done, in charge of that? They have, like, a whole team of people. That just argue about, like, top lists? That, that seems like glorified BuzzFeed. Yeah. I mean, in the past, their lists were really good. Like, a lot of people would use them for, like... I don't know, measuring stuff, but recently they've been a a little bit less good, a little bit more hot takes. What other lists are they doing? They have 500 greatest songs of all time. I remember talking about that. Greatest albums of all time. They have greatest rap albums of all time. Like they have a lot of different stuff. But this one is the 200 greatest singers of all time. Have you like heard anything about it? Any of the choices, any of the snubs? Genuinely, the only thing that I know is what you've tweeted. That's all. I know nothing else. Which and I don't what, even what? remember that. Okay, you don't remember what I tweeted? I remember, I remember you thinking it was dumb and that we could discount it, but I yes. don't remember what. <laughs> Michael Jackson? Yeah. I think. That's one. 
Well, anyway, well, I'm just going to go through it. Okay. And we'll just, not the whole list. I'm not going to read you 200 people who you would probably know about 50 of them. I almost looked this up earlier, so I'm really <laughs> glad that I didn't. I'm just going to kind of point out some of the more interesting hot takes in here. So, on your own personal list of the greatest singers of all time, where would you put Billie Eilish? I feel like she's an average, talented, but like average singer mm-hmm. and more so a dynamic artist. Right. So I don't know that she would, I mean, she would not be know, anywhere near 200 my list. <laughs> to 150. Like she's, she's talented, but she's 198 on this list. Okay. Okay. I she agree would be with nowhere that. near my list. She's not like her vocals isn't, especially when you look at some of the people who are left off, like she's not known for her vocals. She's like songwriting and the vibe of her music. And yeah. so like, it, it's not her vocal performance. I don't know her so music, so I can't say. That's starting I agree off strong. with 198. Okay. I think that that's fine. Well, what about Kelly Clarkson? Where would you put her? I, I think Kelly, right around one, 150 to like 100. Like, Kelly's great. Well, she's 194. Four, four singers better than Billie Eilish, apparently. No, see, that's weird. <laughs> because, like, when I think of Kelly, I don't think of the artistry. I think of her voice. <laughs> right. And Burna Boy is right in between them. So Kelly Clarkson, that? he's like an Afro pop guy. He's big in Europe, but he's not a great vocalist and he's right below Kelly Clarkson. No, Kelly deserves better than that. But also like she's an above average singer, but not like a standout sure. person. Yeah. I think mind. she's way better than 194. Yeah. Where would you put Pink? I like Pink a lot. I think that Pink is a great vocalist and a great performer and a great artist. Okay. But I'm probably putting her like 150, 140. She didn't make the list. Really? Yep. She got snubbed. Billie Eilish made it. She did not. No, that's not fair. <laughs> well, what about SZA, who like only got popular Listen, this year? Basically. I don't know. I, if you played me a song, I guess I would know the song, but I can't but tell you. I think my whole point is that she's she's released two full length albums. She's like just got popular and yet she's at 180. And I just don't feel like she has earned being above yeah, some of the people she's above. Yeah, even Kelly Clarkson is better than her. Wait a second. That's right. That's mean. Well, you know what? Actually, I don't know her, so I can't. Her? Yeah. Is it a her? It's a her, yeah. Okay. She's I did her. not know her pronouns. Um, I mean, I, I'm assuming I think so that other people have called her her. Okay. Well, I can't say that she's better than Kelly or worse than Kelly because I don't know her. Well, what about Lana Del Rey? <laughs> Lana is more vibes to me. So she wouldn't be on your list. I think that Kelly greatest? is a, I think Kelly is a better vocalist. I think that Lana is maybe a better vocalist than Billy, but she's right around Billy for me. Okay. Well, she's 175 on this list. All right, whatever. Debbie Harry from Blondie is 168, which I actually think is pretty fair. That's fair. But some of the people on the list not making it I don't know that she should have over some of the people who are left off. But, I mean, I love Blondie. I think Debbie we'll Harry's just, a great vocalist, we'll so I'm fine with it. We'll just off whoever else. <laughs> okay, well, what about Carrie Underwood? Where would you put her? Carrie is a great vocalist. She is. Some of these, like, I don't even know. Like, this might be a fair thing. I just kind of picked out some artists that I think you would know and have opinions on, and then I'll tell you their I ranking. think Carrie is, is... See, but I think... Did I say 150 to 100 for Kelly? Cuz I yes. think that they're I think that they're on par. I would say Kelly's a little better in my opinion, but Carrie's really good too, so I don't know. I think that they're on par. Well, Carrie Underwood is 158. So like 40 places higher than Kelly. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Have these people never heard since you've been gone? <laughs> Or Breakaway. I think Since You've Been Gone is on their list of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah, because it's amazing. <laughs> What about Billy Joel? Billy Joel. Oh, this is hard because so far I've been talking about like vocalization and not yeah. artistry. And then I instantly was like, well, it's Billy Joel. It has to be <laughs> high. And then I was like, well, does it? Like, I probably 100 to 50 for him. Like 100. 
He's not on the list. Billy Joel is not on the list. <laughs> he did not make the list. I can't, but uh, but SZA did. SZA, yep. And Billie Eilish. <laughs> Lana and Del Billy Rey. Joel didn't make the list. <laughs> Billy Joel's not on the list. That's bullshit. I think Billy Joel would easily make like the top songwriters of all time list, but oh, I guess yeah, they yeah, just yeah. didn't think his vocal ability is. But my argument is he's not. Wait till we get to Bob Dylan, who I would say is a way worse singer than billy joel where's bob dylan oh we'll get there <laughs> okay but if like because they had like an intro blurb on this where it was more about like they said it's not the best vocalists of all time it's the best singers of all time it's the people who like could so open it, their it, mouth and make change but like so it, it's pulling in performance i guess so but that i don't even know it's to just me why billy's there actually okay but it's just so vague in how they did it then uh, have they seen billy joel <laughs> have they seen him Maybe not. perform? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's really easy. I have to tell you. You know exactly where he is 90% of the time. Right. <laughs> well, Courtney Love is 130. I don't know who that is. She was uh, Kurt Cobain's wife. I don't know who that is. Do you know Kurt Cobain? I don't know who that is. <laughs> Singer of Nirvana. Uh, okay. I never knew that. Yeah, I, well, I know the she's... name and I know Nirvana and I did not know that they were the same. Well, Courtney Love is good, but she's not 130 good. She's not better than Debbie Harry and Kelly Clarkson and Ker Carrie Underwood. Like, she's just not <laughs> better than them, but she's okay. at 130. Okay. Um, also, Madonna. Where would you put Madonna? Okay, well, if we're talking about opening your mouth and making change, up there, up there. Hi. Fantastic performer, good vocalist. Yeah, one might think Where? she didn't make the list. Madonna isn't on <laughs> the list? did not make the list. But Lana Del Rey made the list. Yeah, and Debbie Harry. That's the, I think Madonna should have made it over Debbie Harry if, in terms uh, of like singers. Just over Lana. Like, yeah. I, I, okay. Okay, well. Is Britney on there? No. Not that I saw anyway. I might have skimmed past her, but I don't think Britney is on here. Okay. Um, I, I would have been more upset about Madonna if Britney was on there. Right. So I guess. I don't think okay. Christina Aguilera is on here either. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Uh, Joe Strummer, who I know you don't know, but he does not belong at 125 on this list. He was the lead singer of The Clash. He's, I love The Clash. One of my favorite bands, favorite early punk bands. He's not the 125th best singer of all time. He's just not. Okay. Um, where would you put the weekend? No, auto tune, auto tune <laughs> central. I like him. I like the music, but no. Well, he's at one ten. That's, <laughs> which is just a few spots lower than Bill Withers at one oh six. I don't know who that is. <laughs> okay, uh, Leonard Cohen. Are you not going to tell me who Bill Withers is? I'm pretty sure is? Bill Withers is the "You've Got a Friend in Me" singer. I'm pretty sure that's the guy. I like. I didn't want to say it because if I get it wrong, then I get it wrong. No, that's Randy Newman. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Who's Bill Withers then? Hold on. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Lean on me. That's Bill Withers. That's what I was confused about. And ain't no sunshine. He's, I... a, he's a good singer. He's thought lean on me was like Backstreet Boys. <laughs> No. Not gonna lie. Well, Leonard Cohen, do you know him? No. He's one of the greatest singer-songwriters of all time. He wrote Hallelujah. Okay. He is didn't make the top 100. He's at 103. Okay. Which like probably doesn't mean anything to you, but other people out there are mad. Might be a little bit shocked by that. See, one. I feel like 100 is fair. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I that one's one that I'm not super upset about. It's just he's iconic. So, what about Taylor Swift? No. I mean, like, top 200, maybe. But, I, like, I'm thinking, like, 200 to 190. Well, she's 102. Whatever. Which is just just barely above Elton John at 100. <laughs> Taylor Swift would not make my list, just FYI. I think iconic artist, like, phenomenal artist, I don't think of her singing when I think of what makes her iconic because she's just yeah. not the best singer no i don't think she's the best anything she just does everything pretty good so i'd say better than pretty 
She does I everything think, very, very well. I think she does stuff really well. I think where she has made herself better than other artists is her community management. I think she has made herself very available to her fans and has built like a mm-hmm. almost a cult in the way that she like leads her fans. And that's what's contributed to her success. But oh, that's a diatribe. We'll move on. But Elton John at 100, that's so low. He's so is, good. I think I just need to know where Freddie Mercury is. And I think that we'll that... We'll get there. Okay. At least he's on the list. He is on the list. Yeah, we would have a problem <laughs> if he wasn't. Well, now we're into supposedly the top 100 singers of all time, okay. according to Rolling Stone. Okay. Where do you think Celine Dion is? Ah, 150 to 100. Not on the list. And apparently okay. that started like her fans picketing Rolling Stone's office because she didn't make the, they were okay, very that's upset. That's dramatic. Like, they were very upset she's not on the list. Well, uh, okay. Where would you put Stevie Nicks on your list? High. How high? Like top 50, top 20? Oof, top 75. Okay. Well, she's 93. I think that's wrong. I would put her a little higher on mine, but. It's not the most egregious mistake they've made, so I <laughs> can't be mad about it. Uh, Diana Ross, where would you put her? <laughs> Top 60. Okay, well, she's 87. Here's a big one. Where do you think Michael Jackson ranks in terms of the greatest singers of all time? Top 75. Really? That low? I think he's top 20 easily. Uh, I guess like... Like when you think Thriller, Billy Jean. Okay, okay, like okay, okay, okay. All he did with the Jackson 5, like he's... That's fair. I don't know Michael Jackson's It was like 30 well. to 40 years of just sheer dominance. That's fair, that's fair, that's fair. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Like top, top 50, top 40. Well, he is 86th on this list. Okay which is absurdly low. Like, that's one of the biggest. What about the... I need to know every single person that beat Michael Jackson. Because to me, it's <laughs> not about the number. It's about, like, it's about, like, the list, you know? Yeah. It's all over the place. It's like, it. there's not, a, like, a... There's no cohesion in what they're trying to do. Uh, What about the... The female singers of ABBA? Do you think either of them... I think they deserve a place. Well, they're not on the list. Okay. <laughs> that makes no sense, but okay. Um, and apparently Amy Winehouse was better than Michael Jackson and Elton John because she's 83rd. She's a good singer. I think better than Elton John. I don't think she's better than Elton John. I mean, Tiny Dancer is iconic. Well, we're not talking about... Uh, it's just so But hard. we were, apparently. I don't... <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, what it's, are we talking about? Your voices? Or... For example, Bruce Springsteen is a really great showman, an artist. Yeah. But he doesn't belong anywhere on this list. He's not... Is he, he on the list? Oh, yeah. He's 77. But he does... He's, How? Like, he's not a good singer. That's that not his thing. That doesn't beat out, like... Elton and Michael and everyone yeah. and, and Stevie like that doesn't make sense also above people like Ozzy Osbourne so like it, just, it doesn't make sense um meanwhile Tom Petty not on the list okay Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys is 57th which is it's kind of high for me that's low for me have you heard their like harmonies and stuff he's also the only member of the Beach Boys on the list Where would you put Tina Turner? Do you know anything about? Yes. Top 25. She's 55th. <laughs> what about Mick Jagger? Top 25. 52nd. Okay. I That one I would put him a little higher, but I get that one, I guess. So now we're into the top 50. Okay. I'm curious about this. Where would you put Ella Fitzgerald on yours? Ooh. She would be pretty high on mine. I think she deserves top 50. Easy. Okay. I I I I think top twenty five, but see here's the thing: you're going to be throwing names at me, and I'm going to think that they're all top twenty five <laughs> people because like I don't know how many names right. we're talking. Like I can't come up with that. Yeah. Well, Ella is forty fifth. 
I don't know if I'm mad about that yet. It's Which about is, who beats her. Well, in 43rd is Ariana Grande. Oh, <laughs> hell no. Oh, hell no. She's That's... apparently better than Stevie Nicks. What? She's better than Ella Fitzgerald. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. She's better than Celine Dion no. and Madonna who no. didn't make it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ari? Yep. She's 43rd. 43rd That's best singer bullshit. of all time. Shit. Who got paid? Who which got is, paid for that number? Which is right below Etta James, who is 41. No, who got paid for that number? <laughs> this one hurts me personally, but I kind of get it. But where would you put Louis Armstrong? Because he's in my top 10. I think Louis. Top, like, top 25. Like, like in terms of his voice and how iconic it was, I think Louis is top 10 for me. I don't think he's top 10 for me because I think that there are other people who have better ranges and better power, but like his voice is beautiful. Yeah. That, which is fair. I just like, it, it just depends on what they're trying to go with. Yeah. With this list that they're trying to go with like Ari, technically I'm gifted gonna go singer. I'm going to go to sleep mad about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Louis Armstrong is 39th and apparently Kurt Cobain from Nirvana is better than him and Ella Fitzgerald and Etta James. Because Kurt Cobain is 36th. Okay. And David Bowie is 32nd. Which is kind of fair for me, I guess. Okay. Uh, Dolly Parton got in at 27. In my probably pretty controversial opinion, no Beatle belongs on this list. I don't think they're good singers. They belong... I think they belong... Like 150 to like 125, like 175 to 125. I wouldn't be mad about that. That's to me because they shouldn't be above the like insane powerhouse vocalists that we've already passed. Right. Well, yeah, I, I just think their music is not about their vocal performance. It never really was about that. So I wouldn't put them on my list. But Paul McCartney is in at 26. Meanwhile... John Lennon is number 12. So do you want to hear some of the people John Lennon beat? Sure. Marvin Gaye is 20th. Okay. Frank Sinatra is 19. I get that. I agree with Frank Sinatra at 19. Elvis is 17. Okay. Prince is 16. Okay. And Freddie Mercury is 14. So I Freddie guess Mercury <laughs> needs to be number one. <laughs> no, I think they got the number one right. So, but that means John Lennon is a better singer John Lennon's than not, all of no, them. No, that's just wrong. He's better than Marvin Gaye. It's he's better wrong. than Frank Sinatra. He's better than Freddie Mercury. Uh, is he's better top than five. Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury is top five. Period. Not according to them. He's below John Lennon. Also, Bob Dylan is fifteen, which is silly to me, because okay. he's easily top ten songwriter of all time, but. His voice is just not, there's no range there. There's no, like, there's no power. It's just. Who doesn't put Freddie Mercury <laughs> in the top five? Who are the top five? I, I'm, tell me now. We're talking about them all now. We're getting there. The top 10, I honestly don't have a ton of problems with. There's some people I might like switch out. Uh, Little Richard is number 11. Okay. Which I guess is yeah, fair, cool. but he would, he might sneak into my top 10 if I were doing it. Al Green is number 10, so I'd probably swip, swap him and Little Richard if I had to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, number nine is Otis Redding. Okay. Number eight is the one that I would not have in the top 10, personally, but this is a controversial opinion. Beyonce is number eight. Beyonce is not better than Freddie Mercury. She's not. I also don't think she's better than like Marvin Gaye and... Prince and Elvis. She's good. She deserves a high spot, but she's yeah. I would put her top twenty-five, but I've always thought Beyonce is a little overrated. So I I don't know that she. I don't think that she's overrated. I just think that she's she's overrated here in this list, very (laughs) literally. Yeah, but like only barely. But like, are you kidding? Yeah, that's the one I think I would take out. Well, that and number five, I also would take out. All right, keep going. Number seven is Stevie Wonder. Yeah, okay. Number six is Ray Charles. Okay. Number five, another one I might take out, but I get it, is Mariah Carey. 
Mariah Carey, I don't think, is better than Beyonce. I don't think she is either. I don't think she's better than. I don't. I think I'd put Mariah Carey lower than all of the <laughs> all of the women who came before her. <laughs> like I just, yeah. Like Ella, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, number four is Billie Holiday. Number three is Sam Cooke. Number two is Whitney Houston. Mm. And number one is Aretha Franklin, mm. which mm-hmm. like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she, mm-hmm. they got the number one, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a ton. Like, I would take out Beyonce and Mariah Carey. I would. From the top 10, but yeah, they're, they're still about, deserve up there. But Yeah, like, that's what I meant. Like, in, in the top 10, I would take out Beyonce and I would put in Louis Armstrong. I would take out Mariah and I would put in someone that. Freddie. Freddie, yeah. Justice for Freddie, Freddie Mercury. Could be there. I th- Talk my... about iconic. No, 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 no. I'm not done. Actually, okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter at what point you're you're attacking this from. It doesn't matter if right. it's perf- it's if it's showmanship, if it's vocalization, if it's range, if it's power, if it's artistry, if it's like an iconic sound. None of that matters. Like any of those things. He's up there. I mean, the same could be said of Michael Jackson, and he's 86th. That's, see, that's that's also wrong. That's wrong. But one of my top 10 didn't even make the list. So... Who's... Who? who? Well, there are a lot of notable snubs, some that we've talked about, like Madonna, Pink, Tom Petty, Billy Joel, any other Beach Boy member. There's also no, like, Justin Bieber or Bruno Mars, who I don't think really belong there, but neither Bruno, does... Bruno deserves a yeah. low they belong. Spot. They belong there just as much, if not more, as Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande and Billie Eilish and Lana Del Rey. <laughs> so... Uh, like, Justin, I wouldn't put up there, but, like... Yeah. Cher isn't on the list. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Hudson, who was personally chosen by both Whitney Houston and Aretha Franklin to carry on that legacy, didn't make the list. Insane. Aretha Franklin personally chose Jennifer to play her in a movie, and Whitney Houston went backstage after one of her shows and told her, I hand my torch over to you. You are the one. Didn't make the list. God. Celine Dion fans have been up in arms since the last drop, calling her the biggest snub, but I think that there are two bigger snubs. Who? Nat King Cole isn't on the list. Yeah, that's wrong. Uh, he I, should be top ooh, 50 easily. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad about Ariana Grande. Like, she's talented. This she isn't is. about her not being talented. She's a talented vocalist. But she deserves in the exact same caliber right. as Carrie, as Kelly. I would put them above her. Only slightly, but like... Yeah. How? I just... I, I, there's no way she's better than like Elton John. How? Or like How? But anyway, one of my top 10s didn't make it. Bing Crosby. He's oh not God. on the list. Oh, my God. Any way you want to stretch it, like you were saying about Freddie, any way you want to stretch it, Bing should Bing be on should the list. He was the voice of his generation. Yeah. He started the whole Rat Pack crooner thing. He was the singer to yeah. be and beat for like 20, 30 years. Like he belongs on this list, and he's not. Wow. He had probably still the biggest selling song of all time in White Christmas. And wow. Didn't even make it. But yeah, Bing Crosby. Ajax is rioting. <laughs> I would put Bing Crosby in that like Mariah Carey slot. So he he's not on there though. I am shocked. No, I think that the things that I'm most mad about are Mariah, Freddie, Bing, and Ari. Yeah. That makes me the most mad. Yeah. There's a lot of little ones and I'm peeved. I mean, Nat King Cole and Bing Crosby not being in is criminal. Yeah. And then I think Bob Dylan is way too high. Yeah. I think. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. Of, I'm glad they got Aretha right though. But anyway, that was the, our little trip. It took way longer than I thought it would take. It's <laughs> our trip into the Rolling Stones. Surprise. Of all I time. have opinions. All right. Now are you ready to talk about MTV or do you want to have more opinions about Rolling Stone? <sighs> How much money do those people make? I think a lot of it is they're just trying to be relevant as well. Like they can't just put a whole bunch of older singers on. Like they're trying to capture that new teenage audience. But I don't, if you're trying to do a greatest of all time, it's not, it's all a mess. 
you can't just you're not going to have the same balance of current artists when you're comparing it to all of the other artists and also like this is like eurocentric alert like yeah there are <laughs> there are a lot i will say about this like their lists in the past have been very anglo focused this one is not so much they do have a lot of other uh artists in there it's just honestly you wouldn't know any of them I didn't know okay. most of them, so I didn't include them because, like, That's I'm not cool. gonna just say their name and be like, "Cool, we don't know you. We'll move on." So, like, they had like Indian singers. They had quite a few African ones. They had some. Oh, that's cool. Asian one of the. How did Ari get up there then? One of the the singers of BTS made it. Great. I don't I don't know anything about their music, but I would argue they probably don't belong. But you know, they're there. All right. Well. You ready to get into MTV now? Now that we're 30 minutes into this? Oh my god, I have a headache. <laughs> this should hopefully be a shorter episode. Well, not now, but the MTV portion will be. Good, I don't want to talk to you anymore. That's rude. Oh, well, you've made me upset. It wasn't me, it was Rolling Stone that did I told you, like, no matter where you come <laughs> from, you're going to find something to be upset about in that list. Okay, so part of the growth of New Wave that we've been talking about recently was because of a couple of new technologies that helped propel it forward. For one thing, we saw how the development of the synthesizer let artists kind of like play around with a new sound, and that led to a lot of the new wave music. But we also saw how prevalent the music video was for the growth of this genre. And one way these music videos, and the songs in general, exploded into the mainstream was because of a new thing called MTV. I didn't originally plan on doing a whole episode about MTV, but it was super influential in its time, so I think it makes sense to kind of learn a bit more about what it was and where it came from. The basis of MTV came from a project launched by Warner Cable called Cube. Q-U-B-E. Why'd they use a Q? I don't know. But it was a two-way interactive cable TV system. How is it interactive? At the time... I Warner guess all cable is interactive. You choose what no, you want. this is different. We'll, we'll get a little bit more into it. You stare at the TV and the TV stares back. Yes, it's a scratch and you sniff TV. You stick your hand into the TV and you take out the chocolate bar. That would be terrifying. That's that's Willy Wonka. Just imagine the different kind of adult entertainment options with that. It's terrifying. Good job for those sex workers. At the time, Warner's cable division was tiny. The head of it, a guy named Steve Ross, thought it could be massive, especially if he could figure out a way to stream Warner movies directly into consumer homes. That's a weird thing to think about. Yeah. <laughs> there was a time not that long ago where that wasn't possible. What a weird idea he had. <laughs> uh, inspired by something in Tokyo, Jeff started to build something that was designed to change the landscape of cable television into something interactive. It was first launched into a couple thousand homes in Ohio, and the initial Cube service debuted with 30 channels, including pay-per-view movie channels, which was completely new technology at the time, hmm. regular broadcast channels, and community channels. One of the community channels was built around a show called Pinwheel, which was a kid's show that became the first show aired on Nickelodeon when it was founded. Oh, cool! Another one of the community channels was called Sight on Sound, which basically aired concert footage and songs and allowed watchers to vote on their favorites. So it's American Idol. That's how it's interactive. Sure. But that channel would eventually become MTV. I think Cube, it was hard to like really nail down what it was, but it was just this massive remote that had buttons on it. Oh. So while you were watching, you could like press the buttons and like interact with it, almost like the trivia shows on Netflix where you mm. can like choose an answer and then the thing changes based on that hmm. but like super primitive version of that i forgot that that happens mtv's original format was created by robert Pittman, who would eventually be the ceo of mtv he started a 15 minute show on a local new york city channel in the late 70s but credit for the idea also has to go to a former member of the band the monkeys named Michael Nesmith, or Naismith, I don't know how to say it. He foresaw how important music videos might be long before anyone else really did, and he pitched an idea to have a television station air music videos 24-7, which, 
with video jockeys instead of disc jockeys. You know that they were like, oh, that's so dumb. Yeah. What are you smoking? Right. <laughs> they dismissed that immediately. You know it. And then someone in the back is like, huh. And then they pitched it at their next meeting <laughs> wearing a suit. And everyone's like, Eureka, you've done it. You know that that's how that went down. Yep. Well, basically, his idea, this idea was just radio on television. Like, it's the same thing radio stations have been doing. You just put right. it on TV with music videos. And he called it Pop Clips. But when Warner launched the idea, they changed it to MTV, or music television, and officially launched on August 1st, 1981 at 12.01 a.m. Good time. The channel opened with the words spoken by John Lack, who was one of the creators of the channel. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. Then <laughs> That's the op- awesome. Then the opening credits uh, rolled. And then they played the first music video, Video Killed the Radio Star by the Bugles. And initially, this was only available in parts of New Jersey. It wasn't, it wasn't so like funny. across the country. Here is that original opening to MTV. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. That's badass. This is it. Welcome to MTV Music Television, the world's first 24-hour right, That's the opening intro. It would have been so much better if they just went right into... Straight into like, yeah. Video Killed the Radio. Yeah, so. that would have been amazing. So that also, I think they used those like that footage of the space stuff because it was in the public domain and they thought it looked cool. So They're that's why right. they used it. The format was pretty simple. It basically copied radio. The VJs would introduce a music video and banter about music news between the songs. Occasionally, the screen would be black for a second or two, while an MTV employee inserted a tape into the VCR. God, that would have been so <laughs> fun. Yeah, it's a whole different different era. That's so cool, dude. The impact, especially on the younger generation, was immediate and massive. They initially targeted the 12 to 34-year-old age group, but quickly That's such a big age group. <laughs> yeah. But they quickly discovered that the 12 to 24-year-olds dominated their audience. And those users were watching on average 30 minutes to 2 hours of MTV every single day. I would have that on constantly. Oh, me too. I but did. But I mean, I guess like you couldn't pay for it. <laughs> so you probably right. get yelled at. <laughs> right. And this like I when I was growing up, I had mtv on every morning as i was getting ready Mm -hmm. like just or vh1 just music videos but Mm -hmm. at that time it wasn't like the cool youth culture video like it was all just bland pop music yeah so it was like it wasn't as cool as it was back then um within two months record stores were selling albums by artists that the radio stations were not even playing but mtv was like the human league and bow wow wow that is so fun dude Here's a song by the Human League that played pretty heavily on MTV. They're like radio stations aren't touching this song because it's too weird, but like the visuals and stuff work great on MTV. Oh, iconic makeup. and feminine outfits as if every singer in the 80s didn't also do that. <laughs> Alright, well that's just a little taste of the kind of video. No, I want to keep watching. Okay. Oh, that's terrifying. I mean, this is a very creepy song. Oh yeah, it is. There's layers. What's happening? All right, I've, I've lost the plot, actually, a little bit. What's happening? Uh, well, that's a typical, you know, you're you're 18, you throw on MTV, you might see a song like that playing. Makeup artist on point, <laughs> literally. Best part of that whole entire, I mean, I guess the song is pretty banging, too, but, yeah. like. 
Well, at the time, there were not a lot of American artists making music videos. There just wasn't really a point in doing it. Very few people would actually watch them. So MTV you had do it because you want to. Yeah, it's I mean, what artistry is. That was basically the point. Like it wouldn't sell a record. There was no. There was no YouTube. There was nowhere to watch these music videos. When did we get Vivo? What? Vivo? Yeah, not like the. I thought you said Vuho. No, Vivo. Oh, I, I don't know. I wonder when they came I thought that was to be past YouTube. I thought that was just a YouTube channel. I don't know. Just curious. That's what all the music videos are now, you know? Yeah. But anyway, uh, MTV had a heavy rotation of UK artists because channels similar to MTV had existed in the UK for several years, like a show called Top of the Pops that did feature music videos, but also did like live shows. Like they weren't hmm. the same format, but occasionally they'd play a music video, so there was more use in UK artists doing it. Hmm. So the UK artists just had more material for MTV to use, so they were on there quite a bit. Like the Human League were UK artists. At the start, MTV kind of struggled to get off the ground. The reservoir of available music videos was very shallow. Cable TV was still something new and too expensive for a lot of households. The idea of watching music videos seemed so foreign to their audience. But a few years after launching, they expanded their network to include R&B artists. And then Michael Jackson's Thriller came out, and that album really showcased how powerful the music video could be as a promotional tool for an album. That's so cool. Also, did you know that when I was a child, I was absolutely terrified by Thriller? Well, yeah, it's basically just a horror movie. Yeah, and I don't like those. Well, here is Thriller. <laughs> oh, God. It, it's a little bit into it, so we missed the opening storyline. I just wanted to get to the music. Like, I had to leave the room... It's like during thriller. Yes, it's like <laughs> Halloween party and thrillers on, and I'm like, I have to leave. Oh, YouTube just wants me to make sure that I know that I'm queer. <laughs> well, that's nice of them, I guess. <laughs> so this is like two or three minutes into the video. Like this is, this I remember. Me leaving all of the movies that scare me. That's thriller. So good. He also started like the TikTok dance. That's true. <laughs> I mean, can you think of a song that was that had a dance like that? No. <laughs> it's Michael Jackson. Right. Well, I mean, go make sure you watch the whole thing if you want. I only played a little bit in the middle. It's scary. So that video was basically a movie. It was directed by the guy who made the Blues Brothers movie. I don't know what that means. You know the Blues Brothers. No. They got like the the suits and the whatever. Well, Not oh, okay. It was released to great anticipation and immediately entered into heavy rotation on MTV. The video helped the album achieve a incredible success, eventually becoming the best-selling album of all time. It also became the best-selling videotape of all time. After MTV would play the video, they'd announce the next time that they were going to play it. That's awesome. <laughs> and recorded audience numbers 10 times greater than they would normally had every time it played. That is so cool. The video and the album helped transform Michael into an international superstar. After MTV gained some success during its initial heyday in the 80s, people quickly took note of the impact MTV could have on an artist's career. It helped launch the careers of people like Madonna, Prince, Cyndi Lauper, and Duran Duran. Studios saw the commercial benefit of MTV and started to put money behind creating music videos, which launched the music video as an art form in its own right, and a lot of people who got their start directing music videos went on to direct full-length films and have massive cultural impact. 
like Spike Jones and David Fincher. For most of those early to mid-80s years, MTV stayed pretty solidly in the pop and rock genres, which makes sense. They were focusing on popular music in the youth culture, so that was all heavy metal and new wave and some R&B. Like, that's just what was happening then. Mm-hmm. This format went hand-in-hand hand with new wave artists who started to utilize video techniques and make the imagery as important as the music. Duran Duran were a band from England that spearheaded the second British invasion. Their first ever hit was called Girls on Film and featured a pretty controversial music video. Show me. A heavily edited version of it played pretty often on MTV and created a mania for Duran Duran. I want to see the unedited version. I don't know which one this is. I think it's the unedited one. But it's... Anytime there's a mania for a British band, it's called like Beatlemania-esque. So it was Duran-ania. That's not good. (laughs) He looks like a bird. What? She looks like she's in Star Wars. It's a very weird video. That's wrestling. Yeah, it's just different women who go out and wrestle men. Oh, yeah. And take them down, right? Generally. Just poke them with your hair. God, this is such a great idea for a music video. This is awesome. points for her having to be rescued. <laughs> she did it on purpose. She was just joking. Okay. She gets points back. Ooh, it's a sexy nurse. Those don't exist. I disagree. We're all tired. Alright, well, that's girls on film. Never mind. I take it back. I work with a lot of sexy ladies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In 1984, they produced the first ever MTV Video Music Awards. It was an immediate success and became their biggest audience day every single year. It was conceived as a competitor to the Grammys and was billed as the Super Bowl for the youth. (laughs) (laughs) Why is everything the Super Bowl of blank? (laughs) (laughs) By 2001, receiving a VMA award was actually a really big deal. But with the emergence of streaming and the downward trend of MTV recently, it's getting to be less of a thing. Yeah, I don't know of anyone who cares about the VMAs. Yeah. By 2019, they were reporting record low numbers and no A-list musicians really cared all that much about it. I feel like, like the only time that I hear about the VMAs is when like fashion YouTubers or commentary you- YouTubers like do a video talking about the good and bad outfits. Right. That's the only thing that I hear about the VMAs. I, mean, I don't even know who's won one anytime recently. I remember the VMAs being a massive deal when I was in like seventh, eighth grade. Like people were still watching it. People liked it. It was where the iconic Kanye interrupting Taylor Swift happened. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff. Like, That's it was probably just, the last thing that I remember. Yeah, me too, honestly. But at the first ever VMAs in 1984, Madonna performed her smash hit, Like a Virgin, which has oh, been yeah, called Madonna. one of the most iconic and unforgettable moments in pop culture history. Yes. The Beatles also won a Vanguard Award for their pioneering work on the music video format. You Might Think by The Cars somehow beat out Thriller to become the video of the year. That does not make sense at all. (laughs) It doesn't. And Cyndi Lauper won the... Money. Money. Maybe. But you would think Michael Jackson had enough money to... Michael Jackson didn't need to bribe anyone for his video to win. Cyndi Lauper won for Best Female Video and David Bowie won for Best Male Video. Do you want to see the Madonna performance? Yeah, I want to see the Madonna performance. Right, Are you kidding? Madonna's Like a Virgin at the first ever VMAs. Oh my God, she's so cute. 
no, my belt says boy toy. Ew, oh no. In 1985, entertainment powerhouse Viacom purchased MTV from Warner. The changes were immediate and massive. Instead of just a freely rotating playlist that would last for a VJ shift, music videos were packaged together by genre and aired over blocks of time. So Hmm. essentially MTV now had different TV shows for each genre, like Headbangers Ball for heavy metal, 120 Minutes for alternative rock, and Yo! MTV Raps for hip-hop. Um, <laughs> who's in charge of naming them? <laughs> well, I do know Yo! MTV Raps was like, it was a pretty big deal in that like early hip-hop community. Because this was like MTV, or hip-hop was like just getting its legs at this point. So cool. like a lot of future hip-hop giants first found hip-hop through watching Yo! MTV Raps. I'm not saying that it was a bad idea. <laughs> it's a bad I'm name. saying that I know who named it. That's fair. Soon after that, reality shows and game shows started to appear in the MTV lineup. MTV shifted its focus away from music to more youth pop culture in general. Yeah, like Flavor of Love. <laughs> I think that was VH1, but yeah. <laughs> also in 1986, three of the original VJs left, so it was just an entirely new look for the channel. Which is wild that they made it that far. That's like five years. That's a long time. As this shift happened, it let MTV be kind of the front runner of a new type of show, reality TV. Did they really? Yep. Based on a PBS documentary series in 1973, MTV's The Real World premiered in 1992. Oh my god. It featured a group of strangers living together and aired their interpersonal relationships. I don't guess that I realized that. Yeah. Like, I I knew about it, but I didn't realize. You didn't realize how influential it was? Yeah. Yeah, I honestly don't know that I did until I was writing this. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Uh, God, I love reality TV. (laughs) Well, you have MTV to thank for it. Thanks, MTV. I also love music videos. Yeah. Initially, they wanted to do a scripted show around youth culture, but the cost of production was too high. So they pulled the plug on that product, and they thought it would be cheaper to just hire seven regular people, move them into an apartment together, and record what happened. That is honestly so funny. Yep. It was definitely cheaper. And probably more (laughs) iconic than a scripted show would have been. Yeah. Initial reaction was not great. Right. Everyone's like, what the (laughs) hell is this? A review in USA Today said, quote, Watching the real world, which fails as documentary, too phony, and as entertainment, too dull, it's hard to tell who's using who more. That's funny. And the Washington Post said, quote, ought to be young, cute, and stupid, and to have too much free time. Yeah. Such is the lot facing the wayward wastrels of the real world. Yeah. Something new and excruciating torture from the busy minds of MTV. End quote. Uh, uh, yeah, spot <laughs> on. But audiences loved the show, and by its third season, it had become a massive hit in the culture. Here's the intro to the first episode. Oh my god, I'm so excited. This is the true story. True story. Seven strangers <laughs> picked to live in a loft and have their lives taped to find out what happens <laughs> what? when people stop being polite. Could you get the phone? And start getting real. The real world. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm from Birmingham. That's all we're going to see. I want to watch <laughs> it though. Well, I'm, they might still be airing the real world. I don't know. So I'm sure. I never watched it because I'm me. I, like I never you know? really did either, honestly. Like I, I couldn't watch Hannah Montana. Like, so I'm sure you don't need me to explain to you how innovative that show was. There was absolutely nothing like it at the time. Big Brother, which is a show I would say is pretty similar, it has more of a game show aspect, 
but it started eight years after the real world. Wow. Survivor started seven years after it. The only thing that was kind of like it before was a Dutch series that lasted a single season that also followed the lives of seven strangers. Go Dutch. Yeah. Good job. But some of the most popular TV shows of the past 20 years have been basically the real world or similar formats. Yeah. So, like, it's just insane. However, this introduction of reality TV kind of spelled the death of MTV as a music television channel. Yeah. By the mid-1990s, most of MTV's programming had nothing to do with music. VH1 started to kind of fill in the gap with adult-oriented music programming. So, MTV launched MTV2, which was the same format of their earliest days as MTV. But then MTV2 followed the same exact path of the parent channel, and by 2005 featured almost exclusively non-music-related content. That doesn't make sense. No, I guess it just wasn't as lucrative Lucrative. to have only music videos. The MTV president at the time of this major shift said, quote, clearly the novelty of just showing music videos has worn off. When was YouTube? Uh, 2004, 2005. Okay. So this was a little bit before that. So it even like went out before YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Clearly, he said, clearly the novelty of just showing music videos has worn off. It's required us to reinvent ourselves to a contemporary audience, end quote. How do people watch music videos? VH1. Oh. <laughs> or just really didn't. Like, I I remember every Saturday, VH1 did the top 20 music videos, and I would watch mm-hmm. that, like, every time, every Saturday. Mm. I vaguely remember that, I think. It was never even songs I liked, but I just watched it, and I don't know. Uh, in February of 2010, MTV finally dropped the music television branding. The network still wanted to occasionally air video premieres, but mostly through their website. In 2016, the new president tried to reverse some of the changes and bring back more music programming, like that's around the time that TRL relaunched, which was a huge deal. I don't know if you know what TRL is, but... I might. It was Total Request Live. Yes. Yeah, okay. It was that. They tried to relaunch that in I remember. I remember that. Yeah, it didn't go well. I don't think it's on anymore. Mm-hmm. During its time, MTV revolutionized the music scene in America and really put music videos on the map. They also pioneered reality TV and other forms of youth pop culture. They also pioneered adult-focused cartoons with Beavis and Butthead. Oh my god, shut up, seriously? Yeah. These days, you can catch them airing eight straight hours of ridiculousness. Oh god. Like, I, I looked up the schedule for MTV for the day that I was writing this. And you can watch Catfish for the next two hours and then Ridiculousness for four hours. And then you take a break with a show called Siesta Key and then Cribs for two hours and then back to Ridiculousness for 10 straight hours. How is that more lucrative? I I, I think Ridiculousness, my theory is that it's on a lot of offices and a lot of like, no one is sitting down to watch Ridiculousness, but it's going to be on in the background of a lot of different buildings and like mm. dentist offices and stuff like that. So mm. like it just, it gets them more airtime than other stuff would in mm. the era of Netflix. And as someone who grew up in a culture shaped by MTV and a lot of my teen years were heavily focused around revolutionary MTV shows, it really hurt to go and look, look at their at lineup and see it's just ridiculousness. Yeah. Like I grew up with like Viva La Bam and Robin Big and Punked and cribs and like all of well, that you can stuff. still watch cribs and like the jersey shore was the iconic show of my like ninth grade time period so just like seeing how it's devolved it's, how it it's hurts devolved from jersey shore <laughs> well i mean at least that was something new it was something <laughs> very like jersey shore is love island basically yeah. like it, it, it was the yeah. front runner of that dumb people doing dumb things and trying to find love and hooking up with each other like that was jersey shore started that yeah. and everything else is kind of taken over but yeah so whatever you think about mtv it's hard to overstate their influence on the american music scene of the 80s and the impact that they had on inter- on the entertainment scene in general they paved the way for a lot of the way our entertainment looks these days and featured so many iconic moments mtv whatever you think about it now, had a massive lasting impact on American culture. 
and that's MTV. It was interesting too. Look mm-hmm. at it because, like, I always knew they were influential, but I never really realized how much, how much. <laughs> until I started looking. I was like, "Yeah, they, we have cool music videos because of them. We have well, mm-hmm. partly we have reality television. We have whatever. Bob's Burgers because of them. Like whatever you think about reality television, it wouldn't exist without MTV. So, all right, anything you want to add about MTV? I like you. Thanks. That's not about MTV though. No, but you're you're cool and you're cute, and I like you. <laughs> As someone who didn't grow up watching MTV, what do you think about it now? The first word that comes to mind is respect, and then I instantly want to take it back. <laughs> I think that's the general consensus <laughs> <laughs> MTV. All right. Well, we will, I think, next episode is Michael Jackson. Yay. So you get to learn more about him. Yay. And then we have a two-part behemoth on Fleetwood Mac. I'm so excited. <laughs> that, that episode was, was going to be a wild ride. There's, I have to sneeze. There's cults. There's what? homelessness. There's all kinds of stuff happens in that story. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Ah, uh, shoot. <laughs>